0: Welcome to another episode here of the Sci Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the side, Joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half this the Sci Guys. is Tad the Sci. And Tad, we're picking up where we left off in our last episode. We're doing our annual mock draft episode. So we did picks 1 through 16 in our earlier episode. And now we're going to close out the first round with picks 17 through 31 'Cause of a four fifteen Miami, Miami. <laughs> team there. So it's seventeen to thirty two, but with a four fifteen. He can't, can't day, even like... tank correctly. Like yeah. they, they
1: fire the black guy, they can't tank correctly. Like, what can Miami do well?
0: Yeah. So hurt their quarterback to be... apparently. Closing out the first round with the 17th uh, through 31. That's going to be the picks that we got here. But Tad, really quick before we get into the second half of our draft, let's really quickly recap our front one through 16 picks because we did make some trades that happened in the previous episode. In case you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, this is a good chance for you to sort of recap as far as what happened in that episode. But yeah, make sure you tune into that episode. There's a lot of great stuff that happened there. Oh, and of course, as we're going through the episode, if you find yourself getting a little lost. Do not worry, we're going to be releasing graphics for the m- full first round of the mock draft for both myself as well as for Tad's. And that'll be coming pretty soon as well. And you'll see it on all of our social media handles down there below, which we'll plug at the end of the episode as well. There, but Tad, really quickly, let's uh recap one through 16 for your side of the draft mock draft. All right, at number one, I have the Carolina
1: Panthers taking PT bt potter the kicker out of clemson
0: you messed up the name you messed up your own joke that is terrible <laughs> and i forgot to do jake moody again yeah exactly <laughs> well okay this one i'll give you a little bit of a leeway because you did bt potter the first episode yeah, so like, okay yeah. you got the continuation here but does he even mess up his name it's like, a, it's a, yeah on. oh man
1: anyway, i'm not gonna lie there are several players that could have gone in my late first round uh mock this episode but i purposely left out because i'm like i'm not trying that name yeah, but anyway name, yeah Carolina first overall selects Bryce Young, the quarterback of Alabama. Texans at number two takes CJ Stroud. Cardinals at number three, Will Anderson. Indianapolis at number four takes Anthony Richardson. Number five, the Seahawks take Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. At number six, I have my first trade. That is the Tennessee Titans trade up to take Will Levis, the quarterback at Kentucky. They trade with the Lions. We'll get to that a bit. The Las Vegas Raiders at number seven take Peter Skoronsky. Atlanta Falcons, number eight, take Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. Chicago gets their man, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, number nine. Easily my favorite pick of this entire mock. Philadelphia takes Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. Detroit, now at number 11, takes Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Houston gets their receiver of the future, hopefully not. And Jackson Smith, Jigba, uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State. New York Jets, a.k.a. the Green Bay Packers, because that, that is definitely where this player is going to end up. Yeah. Take Luke Van Ness, the edge rusher at Iowa. New England at number 14 takes Bijan Robinson, the running back at Texas. <gasps> Green Bay at 15 takes Dalton Kincaid, the tight end at Utah. Amir, I love what you said. This is what they should do. Will they do it? Probably not. So. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe this is finally when they, you know, smarten up. And then Chicago trades back into the first round to end my 16th pick, taking Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle, out of Ohio State.
0: That's not bad. That's not bad. So, recap of my 1 through 16 picks from uh, the previous episode. Uh, number one, I got Bryce Young going to Carolina. Number two, I got C.J. Stroud going to Houston Texans. Number three, Will Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals. Number four, I got Anthony Richardson going to Indianapolis Colts. Number five, I got Jalen Carter going to the Seattle Seahawks. Number six, I got Tyreek Wilson going to the Detroit Lions. Number seven, I got Christian Gonzalez going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Number eight, I got Miles Murphy going to the Atlanta Falcons. Number nine, I got Peter Skoransky going. Going to Chicago Bears. Number 10 is when I have my first trade. This is when the Minnesota Vikings jump up to swap with the Philadelphia Eagles. They select Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, here at number 10. Tennessee stays where they are at 11. They select Paris Johnson Jr. Houston gets their second first round pick here. They take the uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State to pair up with CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba here at number 12. Number 13, which is most likely going to be going to Green Bay, but if they stay in pick, I have them taking Darnell Wright off its tackle out of Tennessee. Number 14 is when I have my second trade is when I have the Jacksonville Jaguars jumping up 10 spots to swap with the New England Patriots to select Devin Witherspoon, who's sliding to add to that defense to compete for a p- potential AFC title crown there in the division there that's pretty weak there, the AFC South. Sorry, Tad. Uh- <laughs> a- 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 AFC South title crown, you mean? AFC South title crowd specifically, yes. But a, AFC title title crowd the AFC title would be, crowd too, oh, maybe. Man, that would maybe. Be quite the we'll reach, see, but we'll you know? see. Yeah. Um, at number fifteen, I got the Green Bay Packers selecting Lucas Van Ness here. I know you have them taking him at thirteen, but I have just taken him two spots later okay. at number fifteen because, yeah, I really. I think they should go tight end. They're not going to. They're going yeah. to take no, it. They're going to they're they're fuck it up somehow. <laughs> exactly. And then at number 16, I had the Washington Commanders thing where they are. They select Joey Porter Jr. out of the university of – well, not the university, but Penn State University. That's, there that's we go. what I was trying to say. Penn State University? Is, um... Yeah. PSU. That's what I've seen. Yeah, I guess it's not. Yeah, it definitely number.
1: would be University of Penn State. Yeah, that yeah, that's not right. No,
0: it's not <laughs> it's Penn State University. That's the correct one. All right. So that's a quick recap of one through 16. Let's kick it off in today's episode with. Pick number 17, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock here, Tad. Where do you think they go here with that number 17 pick?
1: So this is a guy that's already off the board with your mock, but with my mock, this is where he finally goes off. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go with Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle of Tennessee. I think that, you know, Kenny Pickett showed enough promise. And yes, I am still all aboard the Pickett train. I still am a big believer in him. Um, He wasn't as good as I hoped. But he looked good enough to keep investing your future in him. Keep making sure that he has the you know, surrounding talent around him to set him up for success. So this is why I was very, very tempted to go with corner here or go with secondary. That has a big need in Pittsburgh. But I think, it, look, if Pickett's your guy, you got to invest all the way in there and tackles a massive, massive need there. So I think Darnell Wright is a little bit more polished than Broderick Jones, who is now my top tackle on the board now that Wright is gone. Um, so I think that's why they go for him is Broderick Jones is a bit more of a project, Wright Is a bit more, you know, ready to start right away. Not saying there won't be growing pains there, but I think he's a guy you can plug in and trust to learn along the way. So I think they're going to go right here to continue to support Kenny Pickett.
0: We're like-minded. So I think they do go at the t- uh, tackle position here as well. But in my draft, Darnell Wright's already been drafted right. here. So I actually have Broderick Jones going at go. this position. And, so. and if
1: that is the case... Excellent pick as well
0: yeah exactly because i think he's a little bit he's a behemoth of a tackle so i mean automatically he's a guy that you would want at the very end of your offensive line i think he's a little bit raw in some aspects i think he needs to refine his technique as far as being a run blocker as well as a pass blocker but there's a lot that you can work with from day one so he can be a day one starter but just i think you had to go with some growing pains because a guy of that size sometimes the technique is just not as refined as you want with the more average um, height and build that you want with the offensive lineman so i like the pick here i definitely think you need to protect for Kenny Piggy He need a block for the running game so I think they go off tackle here in this case Project Jones for you Darnell Wright I think they're both excellent picks here to address the offensive line so let's get to number 18 here so this is where I have the Detroit Lions but I think you have a different team here right no. So Detroit stays at 18. They did Detroit not give stays at 18. 18. Okay. So they did yes, trade Detroit. out of
1: six and they're at no. 11 and yeah. then they De- stay at 18. De- okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's All why right. it's such a great trade for him. because they we're like, okay, we moved back a couple spots and we're still at 18. And here is why it's such a great trade for him is because yes, you missed out on, you know, Tyree Wilson, you missed out on Will Anderson, but they get another good edge rusher here and nolan smith the outside linebacker from georgia now i was tempted to go miles murphy here at first i did have him slated but the more i thought about it i think nolan smith brings a little bit more versatility to that defense i think that you pair him with aiden Hutchinson, it just makes uh, more sense scheme wise with detroit so i think nolan smith some of these combine freaks tend to slip i don't even know if this counts as a slip for him going to 18 i feel like this is a perfect spot for him but i think that this is where they get their edge rusher because this edge rusher class is so deep that's why they went with michael mayer if uh you know you need a reminder michael mayer went at 11 for detroit so now they get their tight end now they get their edge rusher a plus first round
0: Yeah, that's not a bad addition at all if they decide to go in that direction, but if you go to my mock draft, I actually have them taking Tyree Wilson with that number six pick because they don't have a trade there, so they have addressed their edge rushing position, so here – is where I think they go tight end. So I have the same exact pick that you have, just I'm going a lot later. A later. It's Michael Bear, the tight end out of Notre Dame. They definitely have a hole at that position with the trade of TJ Hawkinson, which you brought up in uh, the previous episode. So they definitely need to address the position. You get a guy who's be able, who can be utilized in both the passing game as well as the running game. He's just one of those well-polished prospects in this very deep tight end class, so you could possibly think that they may decide to take one later. But when you have the ability, when surprisingly, you don't have a lot of holes to fill. You can sort of go with a little bit more of a quote-unquote luxury pick that I'm doing in quote marks here, and I think you go with Michael Mayer to sort of supplement your offense as well as supplement your passing game as well as the running game with a great prospect here in Mayer. So we're both like-minded. We both like Detroit taking a tight end. You went a little bit earlier with his, with with yours, with the trade, obviously, but I think we both like Detroit taking a tight end at some point during this, you know, middle of the first round for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where again, offense was such a strength for Detroit that you need to continue to bolster that strength. You need to just rely on that, especially while yes, they invested a lot in their secondary this off season, but your secondary is still pretty middle tier at this point. So I don't think your defense is really that dependable. We saw what that offense can do, especially don't forget with the addition of David Montgomery, which I think is an upgrade over Jamal Williams, hot take maybe. Um, could be. I I I think that this is where their focus needs to be. So it, it would be very shocking if they left this first round without a tight end.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So whether they value Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid more, I do that I do think they Washington, go tight end. Without, we'll that would
1: not shock. That would be the most Dan Campbell thing of all time. Which that would be like turning Washington at too. six,
0: really? That would like be pretty interesting. Uh, so let's get to number nineteen. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock now. Here, so where do you think they go with their number nineteen pick? So, I mean, I'm going to,
1: you know, use the guy that we were just talking about. I think right here is where Tampa Bay selects Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. Yes. Uh, you can't go into this season with Brandon Walton as your right tackle. You can't do it. And here's my favorite part is every time I mention like a tackle or something, all the YouTube comments are always like, he's good. You just don't know what you're talking about. It's just <laughs> like, okay, I, I I appreciate the fandom. Brandon Walton is not good. He is an undrafted uh, free agent signing from a couple of years ago. He was bouncing on and off the roster for you know the past year or so. He's not terrible. He deserves a roster spot, but he cannot be your starter at tackle. He just true. he cannot. It's He's true. a great backup. But, like, you need at least a promising rookie to see what you have um, because Walton is not the type to develop into a good starter in the future. So you need somebody like that on the team. So I think Tampa Bay goes with the best tackle available, which is Project Jones. Like we talked about, he could use a lot more polish. But at this point, you just got to go, you know, need over anything else. And I think Project Jones, while, you know, his rookie year may be a little rough, I do think he can develop into a solid starter by year two, definitely by year three.
0: That's not bad. So I have them addressing the offensive line as well, but I think in my particular mock draft, lots of the top tackles are taken at this point. So it may seem a bit of a reach to take another tackle. Like you got Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma available. You got Daywan Jones out of Ohio State, but I think at this where point- is,
1: with, Where's with Jones' rise? I've been seeing that a lot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I do so not understand
0: that. I think it's very similar to Broderick Jones, where you got a little bit of a physical freak coming out that I think you could refine his technique. So I think that's what you see with Daywon Jones. But I think it's just a little bit too much of a reach. Here, especially in my particular mock draft, so I think they address the interior of the offensive line. They I take,
1: almost, I almost went with this pick by the way. And they
0: take the top interior offensive line, specifically with my personal draft board here. They take Osiris Torres out yeah. of the University of Florida. I think they upgrade the offensive line. We saw this last year; their offensive line had a lot of issues, lots of injuries that they are dealing with. That's part of the reason why Tampa Bay struggled. We saw some of the, you know. The luster, uh, you know, rusting off of Tom Brady a little bit, which probably a reason why he maybe decided to retire. I have no idea. But just we didn't see the same success that we saw the previous two seasons with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense because the offensive line had a lot of injuries and dealing with just like – just it didn't look the same level, right? So I think you get a highly rated prospect in Osiris Torrance to upgrade that interior of the office of line. Maybe you address the tackle position a little bit later, like I said, when it's more of a value pick or a more realistic pick as opposed to reaching for a guy here. So you can get a guy a little bit later. Um, so I think they go Osiris Torrance here, which may, in some people's eyes, maybe it's a little bit higher, no, this but is, this is once again, I think this me, is I think this is a good spot where you're getting into the 19 to like the 23 range. I think this is a perfect spot for Osiris Torrance to go. So I think, yeah, Tim everybody taking osiris torrents excellent pick here to upgrade the office of
1: wine absolutely and like i said i almost made this my pick in fact it was slotted in there for a while and then i kind of <laughs> changed my mind um and something else to know is their starting right guard matt filer i think i pronounced that correctly filer yeah that's he, yeah matt filer he turns 31 in july happy early yeah. birthday buddy but so they they need to start <laughs> thinking about like you know how do we kind of Inject some youth into this offensive line. So Torrance, uh, Jones, either way they go. I think offensive line, maybe secondary, but honestly, their secondary is kind of set for it's now. It's not bad, yeah. Uh, and this corner class is so deep, I think they can find a pretty good player in the second round. So I, I totally. think the offensive line should definitely be the focus
0: here. Yeah, I think that's very much in agreement there that offensive line should be the position that they address here at number 19. So let's get to number 20. We're finally getting into the 20s here. So we got the Seattle Seahawks on the clock here on my board. I think that's the same case for you. So what do you think the Seattle Seahawks do here at number 20 with their second pick in the first round?
1: So just as a reminder, earlier in the first round of my mock draft, they took Tyree Wilson at the number five pick. So I think for now, they're going to stay put at defense. I think they're going to be like, okay, there's not an edge rusher we love. Let's just leave it put. Miles Murphy, definitely possible. Not a bad pick at all. Um, But I think because I love this player so much and he's only slipping because of his positional value. They need to go with offensive line here, protect Geno Smith, start building that offensive line, you know, in the trenches again. So this is where I think Osiris Torrance goes. I think that would be okay. a great pick All for right. Seattle. I think that would help really help their strong running uh, scheme offense. I, I I just I think that's for some reason I just like have a gut feeling that this is a perfect pairing. Is Seattle's style of offense with that like kind of aggressiveness fits? Torrance's playstyle so well that it's just I think this is a great you know pairing here. So I I see Osiris Torrance going one pick later than you.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. I could see them addressing the offensive line, but I think we've talked about this as you know the YouTube commenters have come after you for your you know disdain for the offensive line that the Seahawks currently have with Abraham. Your offensive line sucks.
1: I am sorry. I am sorry,
0: Seattle. But like, good lord. So I think in my eyes, I think they probably could use an upgrade, but I don't think they'll go in that direction. I think they Uh, they just they
1: they scared you off. I see what happened.
0: (laughs) No, but I think they see a player dropping that has extreme value, especially the fact that he's still available at the number 20 selection here. And you look at the receivers that they have. They have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. But behind him. It's not all that great. They got DS Grids. They had Marquise Goodwin for a little bit, but nobody that you could consistently rely on. That's why the fact that this guy is still available at number 20. Jordan Addison at a USC mm, you add okay. this guy as a number three player on that roster there especially when you look at possibly you know Tyler Lockett retiring in a couple of years Jordan Addison could just take that role but just like the fact that you know they can draft a guy of his capability you got Pete Carroll with the USC connection I'm pretty sure he did a lot of scouting with this guy too and the fact that he slipped this far at number 20 and they're able to select him to supplement that wide receiver core like that's just insane he's going to be an excellent third receiver and as a Niner fan, I absolutely hate the fact that this is an excellent pick by the Seattle Seahawks. So Jordan has it going to Seattle Seahawks here at number twenty. And just like that, I
1: heard a thousand LAFB uh writers scream out in terror.
0: <laughs> very accurate, very accurate. Because yeah, we're gonna get to our next pick here and that is pick number twenty one. This, this is one where was we tough, got the Los man. Angeles Chargers this one was and- rough. The Los Angeles Chargers are now on the clock here at number 21, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of predictions out there, mock drafts that I've seen, even talking about our LAFA network crew that they may go decide to go receiver, especially with the news recently that they traded Allen Robinson away to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so now they have an opening whoa, 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 whoa. there. That was that, that was the L.A. Rams. That was LA Rams, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we got the Chargers here. So, I confused the two teams. It's LFP Network, so I You're confused it. The they're,
1: they're both blue and yellow. They exactly. both played they're LA. Both played it's LA. not there. No, they're exactly. setting us up for failure
0: here. I know. So, that's my mistake. That's my mistake. They had not traded Alan Robinson because they didn't have Al Robinson to begin with. But you still I was just like to that... point out that I called that was a
1: bad signing at the time. But no, Ted <laughs> doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs>
0: So, they do have some good receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but I think behind that we, once again, didn't see the consistency. So, you think with Jordan Addison being available there, they probably may decide to turn in that ticket to get Jordan Addison. But I think in this case, he's gone in my mock draft. I think he's still available in your he's mock draft. So. But what do you think they do here at number 21? So this is what made it so tough
1: was I go, okay, do they go tight end? But in my mock, Kincaid and Mayer are both gone. I think it's still a little too early for Darnell Washington, especially with Gerald Everett still there. So I think that they go, okay, no, we can wait there. I don't quite understand the love for a receiver here. Every mock draft I've seen either has them going not going tight end it's or It's not or an receiver. immediate
0: need, but it could be a need, especially if the value is there with the player dropping, right? Like I said, but, where it's like, <sighs> Quentin Johnson is still available on your board. Jordan is still available on your board. So it's like, you I, can supplement guess, that board, man, and give man, Herbert that man, many more weapons. It's like, but you
1: have so the, many more. You have so many more immediate needs. Like, 100% why? 100 they do. Why do the luxury pick of a receiver, especially because? The, and this was the ultimate deciding factor. This receiver class is fairly deep. You can risk it and try finding a sleeper in the mid rounds. And I, I know we had this debate last year, and people are like, "Oh, well, how, you know, finding a receiver in the mid rounds is that easy?" Uh, yeah, it is. Look at like every year in the last like five years of the draft, some good receiver. Now, yes. That is a massive gamble to take that you will be the team to find that one receiver, but thinking that, like, there will be no receiver mid-round sleeper is just nine. It just okay. is. That's fair. So I, I, I understand the thought process behind it, but I, ju- I cannot get behind it.
0: I can't support it. Ooh, Ted, get, really quick before you get into your pick, but what if Tank Dell slips, and they decide, like, with all the rumors around Austin Eckler possibly slips, being—
1: He slips. Well, he I mean, slips it'll into be a miracle where this guy like, gets
0: drafted. <laughs> Well, I think slips to a point where the Chargers have the ability to take him, especially with all the rumors around Austin Eckler possibly wanting a trade. It's like you use Tank Dell in sort of the same way that you're using Austin Eckler. Like, I mean, that's an excellent mid-round to day three find.
1: I'll hate it. I'll hate it. I think that we still need to see what they have in um uh oh, not Josh Jackson. Who's the guy they drafted last year? Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. Not Josh Palmer. He's the receiver.
0: Oh, you're talking about the running back, Josh Kelly, then.
1: <laughs> Josh Kelly, thank you. I I think they Josh Kelly. Is, see all these so Joshes. Many Joshes. <laughs> so many Joshes. You're Joshing me. Exactly. Nailed it. Um, I think Josh Kelly's shown us enough promise. Let let us give him a shot first. But yeah, I I'll, I'll you know back him up with a little bit more. Um. But now going back to their first round pick, I so yeah. no, I'm not going receiver here. I, I think that that's too much of a luxury pick when you have more immediate needs. And I think a good immediate need that they can fix here because first off, they don't have a whole lot of depth. Second off, their starting nose tackle in Austin Johnson is coming off a, I believe, an ACL injury, but he is definitely coming off a pretty significant injury. So this is where a guy that the more I watch him, the more I like him. Kalija Cansey. am I saying that right? Yep, you said that Elijah one. Elijah right? Cansey, the defensive tackle at Pitt. I think this would be a great pick for Los Angeles here because who else knows how to utilize a small, undersized, super athletic defensive tackle at Pitt other than Brandon Staley? He has seen, oh, you know, Aaron Donald's promise. Because again, yeah, I'm not saying they're directly comparable, but the pure athleticism out of Cancy, The more I watch his tape, I'm like, shit, yeah, there is a lot of promise there. I'm like, I could, I could see this working out, actually. So, yes, he needs to add on a ton of bulk and a ton of weight and really refine his game. But at this point in the first round, you feel a media need with a dude with a ton of upside, with a guy, with a coach that knows how to fill, you know, the potential of a player who plays exactly like that. I mean, I think that's a you know,
0: match made in heaven right there. No, I think that's a pretty excellent pick for sure. The fact that he's available at this point too. Like, you know, I'm hearing, you know, like we've talked about this on previous Don't you bring this like, up. What was her name? What was, I, was her name? From NFL Come Network. on, Cynthia. She was mocking Kalijah Kansi to number six to the Detroit Cynthia. Lions. But other mock drafts I've seen realistically somewhere in the middle of the first round yeah, to yeah, around this to point is where I'm seeing Kalijah Kansi go. So like, yeah, if you look at other teams that could possibly take him. He may not be available at this pot, but yeah, especially he if he's available Jordan here, survival. I think he'd be an excellent upgrade to that front seven. I'm also thinking defense, so I but I'm thinking about a oh. guy that we've actually brought up on a previous episode that could be an excellent replacement for Khalil Mack, and that's Nolan Smith. He's still available Ooh, on my board. He's available here. I think you add him. He's going to learn for Khalil Mack. He's going to be an excellent supplemental piece with Joey Bosa as well, obviously, and Khalil back for a little time that he's going to be there. If they decide to move on from him, he'll be an excellent replacement piece. For them, he's able to play the outside linebacker position, drop into coverage. He could obviously come in and be a pass rusher. Like, I mean, he'd be the perfect type of guy to sort of be that replacement for Khalil back if you decide to move on, or if you decide to keep him and decides to finish his career in Los Angeles. He's an excellent supplemental piece with him. Like, I mean, he's just that type of guy that I think could really fit this defense, really give them some extra punch to get after the quarterback and really get some losses to stop the offense from moving along. Get their offense more time, obviously, with Justin Herbert to put some points on the board. So, yeah, Nolan Smith, if he's still available at number 21, I think this is a home run pick by Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Yeah, if, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm very happy with that for all the reasons you laid out, especially because um, I don't think Cleo Max is going to finish his uh, career in L.A., it seems like that. I I don't think so either based on the writing on the wall, but I mean, you never know. You never, yeah, you never know, but to the NFL. I mean, that's the perfect fit because Nolan Smith is a freak athlete. He has all the physical attributes. It's just, he needs to. And I know I'm saying this a lot with these late first round guys, but this is why they're late first round guys. Sure. He needs to refine his game. He needs to fine tune <laughs> his technique and everything. And what better way to do that than learning behind one of the best pass rushers we've seen in the last five years. So like, oh, that's chef's kiss. Beautiful. See, that's the type of luxury pick that makes sense. <laughs> because it's just it's 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 it fills a need that also lets you develop with the receiver thing. I just I don't I, I don't get the receiver thing.
0: Just I None I that's fair. Like I said, I don't think it's an immediate need, but I have seen a lot of boxes. Now and the jigba and
1: the jigba is somehow there at that point. Yeah, you go him. Like that I totally understand. But like I've i I'm, tons of people are like Zay Flowers is the perfect fit here. I'm like, dude, no, you can get a poor man Zay Flowers in like two rounds. Don't don't reach for that.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what actually happens with the Los Angeles Chargers come draft day. But yeah, I think both Nolan Smith and Kalasha see if both of those guys are available and they choose either of those guys... Excellent excellent, pits to, uh, excellent excellent picks to supplement that defense for sure so let's get to number 22 here I got the Baltimore Ravens on the board I believe you have the same here so let's get to Baltimore I mean they've always done a very good job about drafting you look at the you know all the news circulating with Lamar Jackson it's like do they look at Hendon Hooker here like mm. I mean is this a possibility or do they actually pick to supplement their team like I mean Tad, what direction do you think the Baltimore Ravens go with at number 22? I mean,
1: this is a bit of a side conversation, but from all reports I've read is they, they being the Baltimore Ravens, have offered him a $200 million fully guaranteed contract. Um, on top of that, all the trade chatter seems to have died down. Um, he apparently was the one that recruited OBJ, which I'll get to in a bit to Baltimore. So I think all the signs are pointing to he and Baltimore will figure something out, which as a Colts fan, I'm very upset about (laughs) because there there was a brief moment. There was a brief moment where I was like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your, and then like after a couple days, I was like, oh shit, this could happen. I started getting a little excited and now it's just, yeah, now we have fucking Anthony Richardson, but, um. I I do think Lamar Jackson will be a Raven for the foreseeable future. I think they will work that out. So uh, naturally I feel like every year people do this is uh, the, the natural instinct is to mock a receiver to Baltimore. But I think with the signing of Nelson Aguilar, of course, now the signing of uh, Odell Beckham jr. And let's not forget, I know he hasn't lived up to uh, expectations, but well, either one of them, but Rashad Bateman and uh, Tyler Wallace, both are still young receivers that could develop into solid starters, I think. And so I think I, the
0: big thing with Bateman, too, is just that he got hurt, but he did yeah. look good when he was on the field. It's just, unfortunately, he got hurt, so that obviously limited what they could do on offense. But yeah, I still got optimism for uh, Rashad Bateman. Tyler Wallace, obviously, they took him, I think, in the middle rounds, I think in the fourth or fifth third, round, if yeah, I remember correctly. Or, so, fourth, yeah. so it's like, yeah, if he doesn't pan out, it's not the end of the world, but I think Bateman still has a lot more promise, especially when you add guys like you said with Nelson Aguilar and Ordell Beckham Jr. He doesn't have to be the main guy in more so I right. can sort of develop a little bit behind those guys so yeah I don't think they need to go receiver here but yeah, let's hear receiver you.
1: just seems a little <laughs> knee jerk so I think uh the next biggest need of theirs is cornerback and it's just it's one of those things I didn't do this on purpose I kind of realized as I was typing out the name I was like oh shit this would really suck for his dad uh I think that Joey Porter Jr. goes <laughs> to his dad's rival team and he becomes yeah. a Baltimore Raven rather than a Pittsburgh Steeler that'd be painful but, just the painful. way Porter plays. He's a very physical corner. He's, he's a good press man corner. And I think that's the way that Marlon Humphrey, that's why he's so good. So I think Baltimore's system fits him. Well, Joey, I don't know if you'll put a Joey senior. I don't know if you'll ever put on his Ravens jersey. That'll be very interesting yeah. to see. And now I kind of want this to happen just to see his dad's reaction. But I think Porter, jr., uh, Porter jr. Is the, the, again, the, his play style fits Baltimore's system so well. That's why I gave him the nod over some other corners that I will be naming later.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I think that's a pretty good pick for sure. I think they could use an upgrade at the corner position there. I think they go defense though, but I don't think they go corner. I think they go with the edge rush. I think they supplement the edge rush a little bit here. So I see Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State. I see him mocking here to the Baltimore Ravens. He's the perfect type of guy. Like, I mean, Ted, we've talked about this all the time. That's just the Ravens find these guys at where they need to draft, especially because they're always drafting at the back half of the first round. And yet they always be lucky into some of these guys that just like develop always how parties. does this happen <laughs> how is it it's not fair that's just props to Aussie Deuce the former GM and now Eric DeCosta they just have a good system there good scouts whatever it is so they get a guy like Will McDonald who has a lot of talent who could contribute contribute in his rookie season but I think he's got a lot that he could develop and he's landing in the right situation with the right team that he could fully develop and become like I said just the long list of former Baltimore Raven pass rushers that have been there like Terrell Suggs and Matthew Judon and Tyus Bowser who's still on the team uh you got Paul Kruger remember Paul Kruger tab oh, like man. for a brief time he was dominant where did, with Baltimore. Where did Paul
1: Kruger go to college
0: where'd he go to college I have no idea but I ended Utah. up I know he was a, he, he okay. was a Ute okay I do remember though that he cashed in his success with Baltimore Cer- he went Sergi- to Cleveland Sergio
1: Kindle before he broke his head
0: <laughs> and I remember Paul Kruger went to Cleveland. and just wasn't the same guy. So, I mean, oh, just, God, I forgot
1: about that Cleveland contract. Yeah. Holy he signed shit. a huge contract. That with was Cleveland, massive. Just yeah. didn't wow. work out. But just, Throwback. yeah,
0: Will McDonald can sort of be the same guy that all these other guys have been where you just landed the right situation. You have a lot of great support. You could develop and become a very good pass rusher in that system. And then who knows, maybe you'll cash in like Paul Kruger and you'll go sign somewhere else. Hopefully you won't have the same career as Paul Kruger in Cleveland, but we'll see. But just Will McDonald here, I think would be an excellent, Addition to their pass rush here at number
1: 22. Yeah, I like Will McDonald. I I I have a second round grade on him just because I I think he has a limited ceiling. I think he's a very safe bet as a prospect. I think you'll get definitely get your promise some good production from him. Um, but this is a guy I I think I almost have in the in my late first. Uh, but I I actually do I hold on. (laughs) Spoiler alert. No, I don't. I swear I I switched him out. I switched him out. I did, but I switched him out. Um. So I understand the love for him, but like at the same
0: time, I, it would not shock me if he snuck into the twenties at all. Exactly. I think he's got that potential that he can go at the back end of the first round here. So let's get to the pick number 23. So for me, this is the latter part of my trade because I had Minnesota trading up to number 10 with the Philadelphia Eagles to select Will Levis. So now Philadelphia is picking here at number 23 for me. But, Tad, I'll pass it to you because you have Minnesota originally still here at yes. number 23. What do you think they do here at the back end of the first round? Well, see,
1: you have them abandoning Kirk Cousins. I have them supporting Kirk Cousins. Okay. So with the loss of Adam Thielen, their number two receivers is now a comp. Competition between uh KG Osborne and Jalen Rager. Look, Rager, I love you. You gave me a lot of good college memories. <laughs> Role player, best case scenario. Yeah. Like, he you cannot go into the season with that receiving core. I know they still have Justin Jefferson, but you need a good threat opposite of him to take some attention away. So this is where I think Jordan Addison, the receiver um, out of USC, goes. I'd be pretty dangerous. Is, exactly. Because, like, dangerous. what was what was Thielen's whole deal? Opposite Jordan Jefferson, he didn't, you know, stretch the field. What he did was the crisp route running made him like kind of the short to intermediate threat, while Jefferson was the deep threat. That is the exact role that Addison can fill immediately. Like his route running is probably the best of any receiver in this year's draft, maybe Najigba, but obviously that's just you know a pipe dream of him falling all the way to Minnesota unless they trade up. So I think they go with the second-best route runner in the, in the draft this year, go with Edison, and, and let him develop behind Jefferson. I think it's just – it makes too much sense for both sides.
0: Now, the fact that he's still available on your board at number 23 here to Minnesota, like, I mean, that's exactly a great match made in heaven. Like you said, with Adam Thielen moving on to Carolina, you got K.J. Osborne, who showed some promise. He's, he's, he's,
1: the, a, good, he's a good number yeah. three.
0: I would be very, very happy with K.J. Osborne's number three.
1: But Number very two, similar, absolutely not.
0: But very similar to like I was talking about with Seattle, where it's like you got two song strong receivers. I think KJ Osborne's maybe is not as strong as your Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, obviously. But it's like it doesn't hurt to supplement with another guy. The fact that right. Jordan Addison has slipped this far that's just an excellent addition to your receiver group, add support. Kirk Cousins, obviously. So I mean, support Justin Jefferson too. So he's not continually yeah. double teamed, triple teamed, whatever it is. I mean, the guy's still be able to make cra- catches or whatever. Like he saw that great playoff catch he made in Buffalo, right, where he's like, oh yeah, being tackled and he's still getting the one hand grab. Like I mean, he can still do it, but just to be, it couldn't. To hurt be to off be
1: fair, back. to be fair, that would not have been a catch if the corner did not try to go for the interception. Like yeah, if you went for fair. the bat, like that would have been. But that's a separate conversation. Yeah, but that's
0: yes. a story for another day for sure. But yeah, that's an excellent pick of Jordan Addison to the Minnesota Vikings if he still fails. For me, like I said, I got Philadelphia on the clock here with that trade with Minnesota, so I think – they're going to draft a guy that you already mentioned a little bit earlier here. You mocked them to this uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I think they go Kalijah Cancy mm, okay. to support the defensive line. God, we talked yeah. about this. Could where- <laughs> you imagine that athleticism on that defensive line? That's not fair. And I think that's the reason why they go with Kalijah Cancy because like we talked about, they sort of got picked a little bit clean after making a Super Bowl appearance in free agency. So they lost some pieces on defense, specifically Javon Hargrave. He was one of their key contributors on that defensive line. He's now gone. So you support that defense defensive line now. You got Jordan Davis. I think he's going to be an excellent player, but support Jordan Davis. Obviously, Fletcher Cox is getting up there in years, so you need to get younger in the position with Jordan Davis, right? So you get him a running mate. You get him Kalajah Kansi, who has the athleticism. He has the size. He has the power. He needs a little bit of refinement, obviously, but that's his case with all these prospects that we're talking about here in the back end of the first round, but just like that, you can develop there with some veteran experience that you still have right now before they decide to retire, right? So, I mean, this is just an excellent breeding ground for Kalijah Kansi to develop into a really disruptive defensive person, defensive uh, player there in Philadelphia. Just they continue to be a dominant force on defense as well as offense. So, I mean, just, yeah, Kalijah Kansi here, I feel like that's just a match made in heaven with Philadelphia.
1: And, you know, now that I think of it, now that this is my final comparison for him, but his play style does, I'm sorry to bring this name up. This is going to be PTSD for you does kind of remind me of a young Hassan Reddick, of just like a young, very physical, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But it does uh, – it's, you know, it's not it's as bad. It's not guys. as bad
0: when our friend Kerry Kroger on LAFB network dropped that. that oh, was didn't Jaquaski drop, yeah, was... drop an interception and they lost again? The I was like – why are you rooting by Monday? Yeah, I didn't do yeah, anything. No, yeah, know? that was, that, was that hurt worse. That hurt worse.
1: But uh, but yeah, no, because I remember Reddick in college as well at uh, Temple, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, yep. I was watching his tape, you know, way back then, and I, I kind of thought a lot of the same things of Cansey. Uh, and Reddick, you know, I had a lot of the same notes of like, okay, really athletic. I can see the promise, but like, I'm not sure where they go. Are you a defensive end or are you a defensive tackle? Turns out Reddick is like kind of both. Um and like, will this athleticism ever develop? And I remember texting you after he killed Brock Purdy, of uh, being like, "Since when is Reddick the quarterback killer?" I'm like, "When did this happen?" And it just it took years and years to develop, but now he's a legitimate pass rushing threat, and I could definitely see that in Kansas future, especially if he's in fucking Philadelphia.
0: Like <laughs> well, I said, I think it's a match made in heaven if he's available there. I think Philadelphia would be, you know misaligned if they decide to go in a different direction. But yeah, I think Kansi here is an excellent pick for Philadelphia if they decide to trade back and he's available here at 23. So let's move on to number 24. This is the second part of my second trade that I had. So I had Jacksonville trading up 10 spots with new England. to select Devin Witherspoon. So now new England is on the clock for me here at number 24, but Tad, I believe you still have Jacksonville on the clock here at 24. So what do. do you think they do here at 24?
1: positionally, I agree with you. Your earlier pick with them taking Devin Witherspoon. Uh, I really hope that doesn't happen because that'd be a match made in heaven (laughs) right now. I think they go with the best corner off the board, which at this point is Deontay banks, the corner at Maryland. Absolutely. Crazy athlete would be a great corner opposite Tyson Campbell, who unfortunately also is looking like he's going to have a very long, good NFL career. Um, I'm very upset about that. So I think that while, Banks has a lot to work on. And I think that he, he, it's just his, he's, he know, he relies on his athleticism too much. He knows he's a freak athlete. And I'm just not sure how that'll translate to the NFL. But I think with good coaching, he will start to develop the skills to kind of make that athleticism a little bit more uh, polished, shall we say? Because um, we, God knows, reviews were refined way too much this episode. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that this is a good up, uh, like, My thing with Banks is very low floor. Like, it would not shock me if this dude busted and ended up being the next, like, Ty Hill. How about that for a very early 2000s deep cut? Uh, But his ceiling is also very high. So I think at this point, at 24, well worth the risk, especially because corner is without a doubt their biggest need.
0: You know, it's funny. The real reason that I said that I love this pick is because I have New England taking Deontay Banks here at the same exact spot. There we go. It's exactly <laughs> a match. Uh, it's a very good match here where it's like, you got the speed, you got the athleticism, you got a lot of development that he could get there. So I think him landing in New England with Bill Belichick, I think he's got a lot that he can learn there and he can develop into a solid prospect. But yeah, I also think that he could be one of those guys that's like, he could absolutely boom or he could absolutely bust. Like, I mean, it's, it's got a little bit of a, you know, there's no gray area a little bit with Deontay no, Banks. No, yeah, there's,
1: there's <laughs> I mean, no, like, like oh this guy could be solid like no like if he's not good he's going to be bad <laughs> like, yeah is, so i think yeah. that's
0: the case here but i think you take that risk like i said landing in new england specifically for my mock draft um i think he lands in a good situation where he can be more of that boom prospect as opposed to the bus prospect so yeah we both like deontay bakes here at number 24 you like him to jacksonville i obviously would like him to jacksonville as well if they stay here but i think in my case jacksonville trades up new england trades back i think i think i like it in new england as well so let's get To number 25, the New York football Giants are now on the clock. What do you think they do here at number 25 overall? Uh,
1: So for better or for worse, they're sticking with Daniel Jones. So I think you got to go offense in some regard here. I've seen a couple of hot takes that says if Bijan Robinson slips, they're going to take it here as like kind of like insurance for Saquon. I think that'd be really fucking stupid to be totally honest. hundred percent it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So their current receiving depth chart going into the season is Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, and Darius Slayton. Good God. You cannot do that.
0: They re-signed Sterling Shepard as well. So, I mean, they got Shepard and Slayton probably going to be the starters there.
1: I'm so sorry. Did you just mention Sterling Shepard as a positive?
0: I'm just saying that he has been a better of the offense there. So, I mean. Great. I don't think what, he, he, what
1: is he? No, I don't give a shit if you played for five years in this offense. What have you done in those five
0: years? No, That's fair. He has been oft injured as well. So, I think that's the biggest problem with Sterling Shepard. So, yeah, no, but I, mean, I just Sterling, want to throw the fact Sterling that you Shepard. missed a guy. That's oh, all no, I want to put right. No, you're you right. Sterling
1: Shepard. Okay, guys. We got the next Megatron on our team. We're good. Never mind. No, my God. Sterling Shepard. Get the hell out of here.
0: Man, I would love um, him to have
1: a <laughs> right
0: now. He
1: won't. That's the best part is He won't. <laughs> wow, doubly down. All right, all right. <laughs> Sterling Shepard, in case you're wondering, my name is Amir, and you can find my <laughs> at just right down there. Um,
0: <laughs> the one that says Tad Sign <laughs> 94. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right, so clearly uh, you I, see i need a, I need, I need to update my position.
1: my you know top like hit list. I have like a hit list of like people. If I'm if I'm found dead, like look out for these people. Sterling Shepard just shot up to, like number two. <laughs> So clearly oh, you think right. by the Giants way, by the way, you're, like. you're at number one on that list, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I think they're going to go receiver. And again, I, I said this last episode and I'll, I'll say it again in this episode. is This is why I think teams will do not what they should do. And what I mean by that is I think the Giants should. And I promise this is well, it's a little biased, but they should go Quinn Johnson here problem is i for whatever reason for all these reports i'm reading in fact he wasn't even invited to the nfl draft because apparently officials are so nervous he will not go in the first round quentin johnson is taking a tumble so another player that unfortunately is also on the rise it seems is zay flowers so i think that what will happen here is the giants will take zay flowers not saying that's a bad pick flowers has a explosive potential uh really needs to work on his route running. But the, all the promises there, it's just going to take him a while, as with any receiver, to kind of translate his game to the NFL. He's not like a Najigba type where I'm like, okay, no, Najigba day one, I'm convinced like you will be able to contribute. I think Flowers will take a while to effectively translate his game. I see the promise there. I think he can do it. But I think the, for whatever reason, NFL teams are falling more in love with Flowers than Quentin Johnson. So I think Flowers will be the pick here because you got to get Dan- Danny. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to call him Danny. Danny Nickel. You got to get Danny Nickel some weapons
0: there. That's fair. That's fair. So I also see them upgrade the receiver position, but I have them taking Quentin Johnson here because they I mean, should. I, like I said, they, they should do that. He is the better receiver. I think, you know, they look at him and they see the speed potential. And you look at this team. They traded for Jared Waller. They obviously re-signed. I know you're not a huge fan of him, but Sterling Shepard. They re Darius Slayton. They obviously have Wondell Robinson, who I think is like a little bit of a clone of Zay Flowers. Like, I mean, you see the small, shifty receiver who can get open at times. So I don't think they replicate the same type of guy by going with Zay Flowers. I think they get the physical big guy in Quentin Johnson, who also has the speed, who I'm not saying is a polished prospect. We talked about this before. I think he has a higher ceiling that he can get to. And I think if he lands in a situation where he's not going to be asked to be the number one guy out of the gate – I think he could develop a little bit better here, and he could be that type of number one receiver maybe down the road for them. But, yeah, that's why I like Quentin Johnson here as opposed to Zay Flowers. But I completely agree with you. For some reason, Quentin Johnson's stock is absolutely falling, but Zay Flowers is absolutely shooting to the moon His pro day
1: wasn't even that bad. Like, I know there were some reports like his pro day – it wasn't great, like just to show that I'm not a total homer. Like, no, his pro day could have gone a lot better, but like – I, I I really don't understand what's happening here. Like it has to be like an interview gaff or something Could going be. on there. I have no idea
0: or also you can look at it where it's just like all these other receivers have just been performing. I I think that might be, yeah, that might be as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think with Quentin Johnson still being available, I think the Giants turn in the card for him. Like I said, they get the size, they get the speed, they get the development factor too, where they don't have to use him right away. As a number one guy, they have some good weapons right now that they can sort of wait on Quentin Johnston. So that's why I like Quentin Johnston. Plus, it's not a pass-heavy offense too, so you take a lot of pressure off
1: the receivers there where it's like, oh, he only had 40 catches rookie or, well, yeah, okay, we only threw it, like, 40% of the time, so, Exactly. Okay, that's exactly.
0: Fine. So, yeah, assuming like Saquon doesn't much. get hurt again yeah, let's hope not yeah. <laughs> for fantasy purposes, I, I really
1: hope well, not even fantasy-wise, he's just a fun player to watch he like, is, I just, I, I really he's a likable guy he's a yeah. likable
0: guy, so I think I yeah, I'd love to see him, you know Finish out his career without any more major injuries for sure. But yeah, we'll see what happens though. So you got Zay Flowers here to the Giants. I got Quentin Johnson here, but we both agree that I think they need to get some more weapons for Daniel Jones for sure to succeed as the new franchise quarterback for the New York Giants for sure. Uh, Let's get to their division rivals here at number 26. We got the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, there's a multitude of directions that they could go in because, I mean, you look at uh, Jerry Jones. I mean, he's always the type of guy who likes to go for the big name sometimes, make that splash move. So, I mean, it's like there's rumors that they could be selecting B. John Robinson here. Like, i mean, I've to seen supplement I've seen with that. Tony don't, Pollard. But I mean, would
1: surprise me, but I don't think so. It
0: would be interesting. But in your well, draft, especially now with me, well, Bijan's exactly. off the
1: board with me. Your so. draft,
0: he's already gone. He's still available in mine, So we'll see what happens there. But just what do you think they do here to, you know the newest member of Jerry's world here at number four I mean, six. <laughs> I,
1: well, I think this is the perfect, you know, case for Jerry. Cause you're right. He always wants to go for the big splashy move that fans are gonna be like, Oh my God. And uh, even if it doesn't fit a team need, he just always <laughs> wants to do yeah. that. And um, this is perfect. Cause it fits a team need and they will have the fans going. Oh my God. And it is because this guy, I, I honest to God, have no, idea where this player is going to land in the first round. I could see him maybe go in the top 10. I could possibly see him falling out of the first round. I don't know. But I think if the Cowboys are lucky enough for him to fall all the way down to them, there's no way they pass up on him. This is an instant, like we've been saying, run that card up. Don't even do the whole bullshit, like wait five minutes thing. Just (laughs) run it up. I think the Cowboys should take Miles Murphy, the defensive end, out of Clemson at this point. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Because I will give you $5 opposite Demarcus uh, Lawrence. Who is the starting Cowboys defensive end?
0: You got me. I don't
1: know. Dorrance Armstrong.
0: Okay, got it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, you, you need some help opposite yeah. of Lawrence, and Lawrence is not getting any younger. So no. you need to start like grooming his successor and Miles Murphy. There's a lot to work on there, and I, some people have him as an edge. I see him as more of a pure defensive end, but the Cowboys run a system where you can kind of play around with that a bit and see like, okay, if you're not you know that good in coverage, fine. We'll just put you – that's kind of what happened with Marcus Lawrence. Is like they were like, okay, we'll play around with you a bit. All right, now let's put you in this position. All of a sudden, his career blew up. So I think this is a perfect place for him to go. Unfortunately, I think this is a home run pick for the Cowboys. If he slips, Cowboys fans will be happy. Jerry will be happy because he got the big Clemson star. So it's just, you know, it's, it works out for everyone.
0: So I think they make a splash move as well, but I think they fill a position that was actually recently vacated. So Dalton Schultz is now a member of the Houston, I almost I almost said this. I think they replaced a Dalton with another Dalton. So in my mock board, I still got Dalton Kincaid available. I think they add another pass catching weapon for Dak Prescott and that passing offense. They really want to make sure that they could just, you know, out you know run the track meet with against any other team and just put points on the board by the bucketful. like i mean so that's why they go with Dalton kincaid here he's an excellent receiving threat you'll need to work on his blocking especially if they decide they want to run the ball a little bit more with tony pollard or if they decide to draft a running back a little bit later in the draft here but yeah you replace him you replace dalton schultz excuse me with a very good receiving talent in dalton kincaid you add him to brandon cook cd lamb michael gallup i mean you got a lot of great pieces there you shouldn't be able to have a hard time finding an open receiver in this offense. if you're Dak Prescott it's really put up or shut up time then for Dak Prescott to like I'll you need done. to sort of make your mark for sure now with these types of weapons there so Dalton Kincaid replacing Dalton Schultz I think that's a big here
1: you know I almost went tight end but Jake Ferguson showed me just enough where I'm like okay true. you know what let's, true. Let's, let's see what we got but like I wouldn't because I almost actually put well because Kincaid and uh, Mayer off my board at this point yeah. I almost put Washington here because tell me that Ooh. does
0: not scream Jones uh, that's like, what that honestly I thought that was the direction you're going with everything that you're yeah. leading up I was like I think they go Darnell Washington it would be a very interesting very it Jerry would be Jones a very jo- kind of Jerry Jones
1: pick. pick I almost went there but I was like <laughs> yeah no nah, I think Miles Murphy is just like too good of a player for Jerry to do no, that. True. If um, he's
0: available, I think that's an excellent pick. For but sure. yeah, if,
1: if it was Darnell Washington here, I wouldn't, that would not shock me at all. I'm like, look at this big guy I just got. It's just that's like, true. okay. But, but I think Ferguson showed enough promise that they're going to give him somewhat of a shot. Uh, I, I do. I, I would be shocked if Dallas walked out of this draft without a tight end, but I just don't think the tight end will be the first round, but also wouldn't shock me if they did that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's move along. We got our final five picks here in the first round. Uh, Let's let's get to the, let's get to the Buffalo bills here on number 27. So what do you think the Buffalo bills? So this one was tough, but for good reasons is
1: because Buffalo doesn't really have all that many holes. Now they did lose Tremaine Edmonds. Now that is the hole that everybody is expecting them to fill. And I was very, very close to putting Jack Campbell in here because Jack Campbell is by far my favorite inside linebacker in this year's draft. But I think if Buffalo, is smart and from their entire draft strategy in the past like two or three years they are very very good at this so I think they're they're gonna play it smart wait until the second round and kind of see is there gonna be a run on inside linebackers and if not great we got our guy that we could take in the first round and we got another guy in the first round so or uh, you see what I mean uh we got we got our inside linebacker in the second round that we were going nah, to yeah get in the yeah, first yeah round. thank you know. I got you. So I think they now also have a luxury of picks. Where do we go? We could go tight end, we could go offensive line, defensive line, whatever. So I honestly think they go best available. And while he hasn't been a disappointment, Gabe Davis quite just is not quite consistent enough to count on as number two. So this is where I think they go. You know what? We have a guy with a high ceiling that can you know take the back seat to our other two receivers for a bit while he develops. This is where Quinn Johnson goes. I think this is the perfect scenario for him where he provides a big target for Josh Allen. He provides the insurance, uh, you know, in case Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs goes out. And uh, let's not forget, too, there have been rumors that the Stephon Diggs Buffalo Bills relationship is starting to crumble. So it might not be a bad idea to start looking for a successor there anyway. So I think Quinn Johnston is this is, a you know, perfect situation for him. Very low pressure. You don't need to, you know, give us eight touchdowns. You just need to be good enough to prove that you're worth it. So I think that this is the way the area where he goes.
0: I think that's an excellent pick. I think I wouldn't surprise me if they went receiver for all the reasons that you laid out where it's like, they trusted Gabe Davis to be the number two receiver last year. He didn't quite meet those expectations. So now I think they have to realize that they may need to find another receiver either in free agency, which they didn't do or yeah, through the draft here. And yeah, with Quentin Johnson available. Like that's an excellent, excellent pick to pair up with Stefan Diggs. And of course, Gabriel Davis is sort of be that sort of supplemental piece now, as opposed to being the true number two option in that offense. But I think, They address that linebacker position here, so some people may say it may be a little bit of reach. I don't know if there's any linebackers that you think, but if it's your biggest need, go
1: for it. But exactly like
0: you said, where it's like if they don't have many other holes and their linebacker is available there, and you don't know what's going to happen with the linebacker run in the second or third round, I think you need to get your guy because you want to be able to fill that position here. So. As much as I want to say Jack Campbell, I'm not going to because he is, favorite, going to, I... he is my favorite linebacker on my board as well, but I'm going to go with Drew Sanders, the no. linebacker from Arkansas. And here's the reasoning. Here's the reasoning. He's one of those guys that he could play the linebacker position too, but he's also a guy that I saw on tape that he could come in to rush the quarterback. And those are the types of linebackers that Buffalo likes to use in their system there because Tremaine Edmonds, as much as, as great as he was, they also like to bring him in as the pass as well in coverage so I think Drew Sanders is sort of that guy a little bit more of a hybrid linebacker that he could drop into coverage he could also come in as a pass rusher as well so they can sort of use him wherever they want on the field a little bit kind of like Micah Parsons to an extent that Dallas is using where they're like they're using him as a pass rusher they're also dropping him back as a traditional linebacker in coverage as well so I think that's why they go with Drew Sanders over a Jack Campbell because of that pass rush ability that they can sort of utilize in multiple different ways because especially with Vaughn Miller being out for majority of last season you kind of need a little bit of insurance in case that happens again. He de- can't stay the, sustain the entire uh, season, excuse me, with some injuries that he's dealing with, or if he sustains some more injuries. Like, I really have no idea. So, you want that added insurance of a guy that you can rely on to get to the quarterback as well, especially when you're playing in a tough division there in the AFC East with, you know, the teams that they have there. So, I like Drew Sanders here for them to take here. But yeah, I still agree. Jack Campbell's number one on my board. Here's why I said no, is because. um.
1: Drew Sanders might be the fourth inside linebacker on my list. I'm still finalizing the list, but he is, he's too much of a tweener for me. Exactly. Like what you said, he is not a true starting inside linebacker. In fact, I have him kind of listed as inside linebacker slash safety is a lot like Isaiah Simmons was, or a lot like, uh, well, this worked out well, but Buddha Baker was, uh, who else am I like? It's one of those players where they, they're not quite big enough for middle linebacker, but, They have enough coverage I just – I don't know. I don't like these tweeners anymore. They're so risky. Most of them end up busting. I think that you should go with, uh, you know, uh, Jack Campbell or Trenton Simpson. One of those two is just a safer bet to truly fill that hole in uh, middle – for you rather than get too fancy and try to be like exactly like what you said like oh we can play him everywhere well the problem is when you play him everywhere he can't develop in one area and so he gets stretched too thin so it's just I don't know Drew Sanders the more I watch him it's nothing against him personally but it's just his play style I don't like it I don't I, I think teams are just gonna try to do too much with them I just I don't see a good NFL future for him
0: all right, we'll see how it plays out there. We'll see exactly what direction Buffalo goes in. But let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals here at number twenty-eight here. So what do you think the Cincinnati Bengals do here at number twenty eight?
1: All right. So with the twenty-eighth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Worst I'm I'm, I'm getting history. I'm getting I'm getting some. Oh, that, that, that podcast that, that, that is a tall order, my friend.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've done something worse. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a little bit of extreme.
1: Anyway. This is where my third and final trade of the mock draft comes in. I'm Do you want to guess the team who's trading back into the first round? Seattle? No. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have traded back into the first round to select Hendon Hooker, okay, the quarterback out of Tennessee at number 28. Now, just to give my justification here is I think that I almost had them taking him at 19, but I think they kind of are like, you know what, let's hang back. Let's look. And I think with him slipping, they see all the teams at the top you know, area of the second round. They go, we can't wait. We cannot yeah. risk. Having him fall, and apparently from all reports, they are very interested in Hendon Hooker. They haven't – they've had him in for a visit. They really like him. They were there at his pro day. So there. The, the I think the interest is very strongly mutual there, and I think they realize if we wait until the second round where our pick originally is, he will not be there. And I think that's a very, very safe bet to make, so I think they will trade – not whatever it takes. I don't think they'll give up like a next year first or anything, but I think they will give up a fairly sizable offer to get back in the first round, take Hendon Hooker, let him learn behind Baker Mayfield. Let him, well, I would say let him learn behind Kyle Trask, but let him beat Kyle Trask for the backup, and eventually they get their quarterback in the future while he can continue to heal
0: from his ACL. So no longer a Kyle uh, Kyle Trask stand, are you? Yeah, now I kind of gave up on that, <laughs> and, I, and I lost five bucks because of it. I 100% think some team is going to trade up in the end of the first round there to select Hendon Hooker. Tampa Bay is a very strong candidate. There's a reason why I listed Seattle. A lot of teams are, uh, a lot of uh, people are predicting that Seattle could do a very similar move with, you know, Geno Smith sort of being up there. They don't know for sure whether he's going to be the franchise quarterback for and long Gino term. Geno Smith's
1: contract, I think like uh, there's, there's a good bailout after, if not next year, after two years. Like that three year yeah. contract is not.
0: So like, it's like you take yeah. headed hooker that could sort of learn under Geno Smith, learning that system a little bit. So then that's a possibility, but yeah, exactly. Like I said, if you wait to the second round, you're going to lose out on him. So yeah, hundred percent. You sort of need to make that package to get into the back end of that first round. And, if you and want the, to select him and this is an excellent move for
1: sure. And the reason I have Cincinnati here is because there's, there's no need of Cincinnati's where there's like a great player there that like, no, no, we need this guy. Like, okay, we could use a tight end. Okay. We could use a corner, but like, there's no one there. That's like. No, 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 We need this guy. Like, OK, no, trade back, gather up those assets and kind of keep building up. So I think Cincinnati is a prime trade up candidate here if all the you know players I have projected are gone.
0: No, I think this is a very good trade down spot for Cincinnati, but I'm going to stay and have them select a player. And it's actually going to be at the tight end position. So I there think you go. this is where well, I see Darnell Washington going. As the, you know, number 28 pick here to Cincinnati, where they lost uh, Hayden Hurst, He is now a member of the Carolina Panthers. They did sign Irv Smith Jr., but so far his career has been very lackluster, to put it nicely. I think that's the best way to put it. Inconsistent is a great word as well. So I think you get a guy in Darnell Washington who could develop. He's a great run blocker. He's obviously a great receiving threat, too. I think just like we've talked about before, there's a lot of potential with him. So you just need to realize it there in Cincinnati. He can block. He can, like I said, receive. So I think he's got a lot of promise there. Going at the end of the first round, he doesn't need to be a star right away. He could just sort of sit there and develop, take his time there. They have Drew Sample on the roster as sort of like a you know stopgap solution. Obviously, they did sign Irv Smith, like I said, so they have these guys who can fill in a little bit. But also, you don't need the tight end position to do that much when you have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins on your roster, right? And of course, Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield, so it's like he can wait for Darnell Washington to develop and become that sort of potential that you're seeing with him as a prospect. So yeah, I got them taking Darnell Washington here at number 28.
1: Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I just think it's for me, I think it's just give Er Ir- Irv Smith a chance to see like, okay, what do we got on you? Maybe this is a fresh new start, but I mean, I, as you know, I love Darnell Washington, so I'm not going to say anything yeah. bad about this pick. That's a dream
0: scenario. Like Darnell Washington with Joe Burrow. Woo. <laughs> Look out, opposing defenses for sure. So let's get to number 29, the final three picks of the first round. We got the New Orleans Saints on the clock here. What do you think New Orleans Orleans does here at number 29? Ready for this? Let's hear it. Tardell Washington. <laughs> okay. <got it. laughs> they definitely could use a tight end. Uh, yeah, sure. exactly. You
1: can't go into the season with Jawan uh, Johnson and Taysom Hill being your top two tight ends. You got to start, you know, kind of developing a tight end of the future. That's the way the league is moving is yeah. these athletic tight ends. So you need somebody that you can start teaching Jawan Johnson. Nothing gets him. He's a solid starting tight end. He's just nothing special. So I think that like, you know, while Darnell Washington, you know, kind of gets used to the NFL, like you were talking about, kind of, you know, adapts all those skills that, you know, we were talking about. Uh, Jawan Johnson's perfectly fillable. And in the meantime, you have a fucking six, nine monster just sitting there like in the red zone for, you know, to use anyways. So especially with Derek Carr, the, you don't kind of, you don't make that signing if you're not ready to somewhat try to compete right now. So honestly, it's really weird to say, I feel like it's a two headed race between, uh, Carolina or not Carolina, Atlanta and new Orleans for NFC South champion right now, which is very odd to say, but if you're going to do that, you need some more offensive weapons. So I think Darnell Washington makes sense here.
0: No, I think that's a good pick for sure. I think they also add to the pass catching weapons that they have there. I don't think they go tight end, obviously, because my top three tight ends are off the board here. I think on my board, he's still available. It's Zay Flowers, the receiver at Boston oh, College. Jesus Christ. He obviously, with, he obviously had the issues with he obviously had the issues, Michael Thomas dealing with injuries. Jarvis Landry was signed. He had injury issues. Chris Olave was like the only healthy Saints wide receiver that they had for a long time there. Um, so I think they need to supplement that wide receiver group because I think uh Michael Thomas, he's a very Incentive laden contract that he has now. So I mean, there's still no guarantee that he's gonna be able to play all 17 games on the schedule. Jarvis Landry, I mean, he pretty much looks like a shell of himself now. He doesn't yeah. look like the same Jarvis Landry that we're used to seeing. Crystal is great, but I think you need to add to that group there. So the fact that Zay Flowers is available, I think you select great him, pick. you add great to that pick. group. Like you said, New Orleans is sort of in that compete now mode with the NFC South being wide open. You sign Derek Carr. I think you need to make sure that you're giving him enough weapons to make sure that he could sort of make the most out of that offense. Also, one thing we got to add in just we don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. So, with the issues oh, with the shit. running game, I forgot like, about
1: all that. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, there's
0: God. a possible sus- suspension there that could be coming down for the league, right? Oh, so, I mean, shit. Dijon Robinson is still on your board. He is. But I think in this case, I think they just signed Jamal Williams. So I think he's going to be a good stopgap for however long uh, Alvin Kamara uh, is going to miss some time. If he misses some time, I think he will. But just we don't know how long. And so you need to make sure that your offense can put some points on the board because that was some of the issues that New Orleans had last year. So now you get a guy like, say, flowers, say flowers, excuse me, add to that receiver group, give Derek Carson weapons. They can compete on offense then for sure. So. Let's get to number 30 here, Tad. So I had the Philadelphia Eagles at the original pick because they were just in the Super Bowl. I think you also have Philadelphia yep. here at number 30. So I'm out
1: of trades. No more
0: surprises. Okay, yeah. No out of trades. Okay. I'm I'm just trade. want to make sure. Yeah, okay.
1: So, well, I will say I will have one more surprise because as we brought up a couple of episodes ago, we were like, yeah, safety's not going to go in the first round. Ah, not so fast, my friend. Brian Branch what a goes to on me? Philadelphia. So exactly. Bad. Exactly. <laughs> I put it on my Brian Branch, uh, like mascot head. Um, he, I think the Eagles would be very smart to take him. He is easily the best safety in this year's draft and easily. I easily. And so I think that he can live for live. He can, uh, <laughs> he can play behind Terrell. <laughs> I don't know where that, <laughs> that came from. I can't um, that, <laughs> he can play behind Terrell Edmonds for there a you year go. and, um, you know, big big offseason for the Edmonds brothers, by the way. One goes to Chicago, one goes to Philadelphia. But anyway, I think that was a great one-year deal by Philadelphia. But the problem is one-year deal, and I highly doubt Edmonds is going to re-sign. Um, so I think that branch can learn for a year behind Edmonds and then you know, fill in to replace him. I think this is a very low-pressure situation for him. Philadelphia doesn't really require much for their backups uh, in the secondary, so it will be a very good, no-pressure, you know, way to do it at this point in the first round you get you know you, you that this is where you go is okay it's a point of strength right now but where are we about to get shallow very quickly and this is where you get that
0: value no argument for me because i had the same exact pick here oh <laughs> yeah. there we go <laughs> i think we talked about this in our secondary episode that Guys, just i swear the to god class. we do not share our picks with each other 100 no, that, that so... accurate here um just i think we talked about this in the secondary episode the safety class is Ooh, Not that great to say rough. it lightly you got, like you
1: got like 2 or 3 guys I and mean, then you are fucked
0: So I think it's a very top heavy with like, you know, like you said, the very first two or three guys at the top of that board. So I think with Philadelphia, very similar to what we were talking about with Buffalo, where it's like if you don't have a lot of holes, you can sort of afford to sort of, you know, quote unquote, reach for one luxury. But I think in this one, I don't think you're reaching that much because like we talked about where it's like where you're looking at, you know, picks 28 through 31 or 32 in most cases, you know, Um, they're sort of glorified high end second round picks. So, I mean, it's like you look at a guy like Brian Branch, he's the best safety in this class. And I think with the pull at that position uh with the whole of that position that you have on your defense with the loss of Chauncey Gardner Johnson I think you take this guy here to sort of shore up that position like you said he can sort of learn a little bit from Terrell Edmonds if he needs to he can sort of play along him too depending on what sort of yeah they're free, saf- that you want to you their free
1: safety name but he's not that good
0: Yeah, so I think, like, you could definitely use him as a starter from D1 as well. But just, yeah, I think here it makes more sense to go with the need pick as opposed to, like, thinking about, is this a reach? I think at this point with your team stacked Uh, the way that it is, it's a good pick.
1: I was rough before the Eagles fans come after me. Reed Blankenship is fine. He is a solid (laughs) starter. I'm sorry. Brian Branch has the potential to be better.
0: Oh, 100%. 100% 100% accurate. All right, so let's get to the final pick here, and this is the defending Super Bowl champions. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at number 31. Where do you think they go here at number 31 to close out the first round?
1: This one has me nervous because I, I really, really do think this would be a good pick. You might see this too much as a reach. A lot of people might, but I feel like this is a Chiefs thing to do. This is what the Chiefs did with um with with the the with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, where we're all like, whoa, that's pretty early. I think they'll go
0: Jalen Hyatt. Wow. Add some speed to the that offense. That'd be just, I mean, think about Nightmare lost, fuel. That's nightmare their, fuel.
1: <laughs> you, their receiving core is very, very thin right now. And, I, and I'm not, this is not my NFL comp for him, but Jalen Hyatt has the same ability. It's an ability comp, it's not a play style comp to stretch the field just like Tyreek Hill did for them. So sure. I think that, that that's why they do this. It's like, okay, hey, look, we lost Tyreek Hill. This is our replacement. We can at least somewhat uh, replicate what we did with Tyree Kill with this guy if he works out. So I think at the end of the first round, Jalen Hyatt is well worth the risk at this point because receiver, in my opinion, is by far their biggest hole.
0: Like I said, I'd be fearful if I'm an opposing defensive coordinator. You had to face the Jalen Hyatt (laughs) Hyatt and and Patrick Patrick Mahomes combination. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I— I, I don't really know what that's what I mean. I really that's why that's
1: why it. I think like yes, it, a lot of people would see it as a you know as a reach, but it's just the the scheme fit with the play style fit. It's just it's too good not to happen
0: like it's just, I don't it know if it's feels like just a needs to there's a lot of people that are predicting that there could be five receivers taken off the board in the first round so i don't think it's that much of a region especially like i said with the fit there we're thinking sort of go with the more of a luxury pick that why not add some more speed to that offense and make them i mean for god's sake their
1: number one their number one receiver right now is marquez Val, uh, valdez scaling
0: like they need a receiver yeah so i mean it geez like i, I like i said i don't even really want to think about that situation if it were to happen but i think they address the defense and i think they go with this guy who sort of had his draft stock rise the entire draft season and i think it's going to pay off for him to be the final pick of the first round and that is the defensive tackle slash defensive end hybrid depending on where you want to line him up and that's the guy out of northwestern Add it to me at a barry at a at like i mean i've, I've said this of...
1: before you 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 had that name on draft <laughs> night if, if this is the pick i am not talking about
0: segment they released Frank Clark, so I think they need to upgrade a position. You pair him up with Chris Jones, who's arguably a lot of people are saying better than Aaron Donald at this point in his career now. So, I mean, they're arguing that he could be the best oh, defense tackle in the game. So now you look at Adatamiya Adebuari. You add him to that group. He's got the speed, he's got the size, he's got the strength. So, you got him there. He could develop under Chris Jones as well. But, I mean, just that just makes that defensive front that much more fearsome as well. Because I think we've always talked about this Kansas City sort of weakness is their defense. They are. Plenty OK on the offense, but they can always use more help on defense. So I think you add a guy like this just makes their defense that much stronger and just gives them that much more stronger of a chance to repeat as your bull champion. So I like him here at number 31.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny because um, I not that I don't like him. There's a lot of promise there, but he's still pretty raw. I actually like Will McDonald more. I almost put Will McDonald here. So that's not it, bad. Yeah. an edge an edge rusher here would absolutely make sense. So I can't argue. It's just who which which edge rushers do you like more? Um obviously McDonald's already off the board with yours. Yes. So if if you know that's the way it goes and they decide to go edge rusher, excellent pick.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I'm also hearing that B. Joe Alcalari would be a good pick here. So, I mean, he'd be not bad. Keon White or Georgia Tech would be a good option here as well. But, yeah, I think for me they addressed the defensive line so they could use him as a tackle or as a defensive end. So that's why I got with Etta Tamiya, yeah, out of water That, that here, versatility. Of Buster, yeah, for sure, exactly. So went a little longer than our last episode, but we want to make sure I about we get say, we were, all the We, we said
1: here. this episode was going to be short. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Maybe before we started recording, we might have said oh, yeah. that, but just yeah, yeah for sure. Wait a little bit longer. We're not gonna recap our entire draft. that's gonna take a little <gasps> bit too long. Oh wait, we're not. okay. All right. no, we're <laughs> not. <sighs> well, like I said, that's I don't have the long beauty. capacity for that. Yeah, exactly. But that's the beauty of social media. We're going to be releasing our entire first round mock draft, both mine as well as Tad's, on our social media handles. You can see it all coming across right below. You can see us on Twitter. You got my personal handle, up am side 23. You got Tad's at side 94. Got the show handle at the side guys. And of course we're on Instagram at the side guys as well. So make sure you check out those social media handles for these mock draft graphics, as well as all of our position rankings. We went yeah. through every position there So make sure you check out those rankings that can help you as you're sort of watching the draft. As far as like, what do we think? Where does this player going to go? Like, is this a good value? Oh, they took the number six defensive tackle that Tad had. Maybe that's a little bit too much of a reach, you know, sort of things like, you know, so make sure you're looking at those graphics as you're watching the draft. And I think the big one, Watch our draft live stream. We got yes, you fair. covered for the first and second and third round for sure. We're figuring out the logistics still. I'm about our, I'm are you ready for a,
1: you're ready for a heart attack? Yeah, let's hear it. Our draft live stream that is just hours away. I don't know we if it's hours
0: away. But it's yeah,
1: so, if it's within four days, you can start doing the hours countdown.
0: That's okay, NASA fine, 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 fine. If
1: it's fine, good enough for NASA, time. it's good enough for us.
0: Oh, jeez. Now you're comparing us to NASA. <laughs> well, yeah, I am. <laughs> Better than NASA. You see these headphones? I got this. Yeah. All right. All right. So we got a handful of days or hours, according to Tad here, until our NFL la- draft live Damn, so I, yeah, sh- I should get mind. like a NASA
1: clock like above my TV. Like, oh, yeah, like, like you can count down. All right, man. Let's just, let's <laughs> pay, pay, pay the teachers, and then maybe I can. <laughs>
0: So make sure you're checking out our live stream on all our social media handles. We're also going to be live streaming on LAFB Network's social media handles as well. So wherever you can find a social media handle, make sure you're watching us. we're covering day one, day two, a fraction of day three. So yeah, make sure you're checking us out. We're going to be giving you great content as every pick comes along. Whatever trades happen, if there's fantasy-related advice, we're going to give you that instant reaction as well. We got you covered on all fronts there for days one and day two, and of course, a little bit of day three as well. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're subscribing to wherever you listen to your podcast so you're always up to date with our latest episodes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as LEFB Network's YouTube channel because we have our own playlist there. But also, you can get a lot of great content for both the Chargers and the Rams and also the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So yeah, make sure you're tuning in to everybody there. But guys, to everybody who's watching, who's interacting with us, who's you know listening to the podcast, who's going to, to check us out for the live stream and interact with us because there is a comment section so make sure you're watching and you're interacting with us you can ask us some questions as things are going on like who do you think is going to be the next pick and are you surprised this guy's following like i mean you name it we'll be there to answer it so yeah make sure you're watching and interacting with us during the draft but yeah guys to everybody who's already doing everything to support us in any sort of capacity we can't thank you enough and if
1: you agree or disagree with any of our picks over this episode or our last episode let us know you were will the not rankings. Like,
0: like, I mean anything and yes. everything, guys.
1: That too. Uh, god knows I pissed off enough fan bases over the past couple weeks. What's <laughs> so a, a, a couple more? Oh my god, Seattle. <laughs> um, so no, let us know because I, I promise if, if you're one of those commenters on YouTube, I will be responding soon
0: in a polite. The 12th way. Twelfth man does not like Tad. No, <laughs>
1: they're kind of scaring me off, but eventually I will respond. But guys, Legamer said is we do love the fan interaction. That's the whole reason we do this. So please interact with us as much as possible. Cause we got less than what? 96 hours to go before the draft. Like that, so yeah. oh, you're good not good Lord. at that. Not I'm right. not, I, I, it's just terrible. Um, <laughs> that's why you, you said the word fraction and I had like a panic attack. Um, <laughs> so as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Cannot wait to share draft night experience with you guys. So let's make it a good one. And as always, everyone, please. Stay safe.